You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Oh, I'm, uh, I'm really good. Very good. Very good. Well, first of all, I want to thank everybody for making Locked On Bama the first uh, podcast you listen to regarding Alabama football every single morning. You guys are the best. We appreciate you so much. I speak for Jimmy when I say that. Um, secondly, I want to thank Rock Auto for sponsoring this podcast today. All the parts your car will ever need, Rock Auto. We'll talk about them in just a second. Uh, Jimmy, just a quick hitter, first of all. Uh, SCC Player of the Week is uh, on offense and defense. Both of them come from Alabama. Now they shared that title with a few other dudes. But uh, Brian Robinson, well-deserved SEC Player of the Week. And Will Anderson, well-deserved SEC Player of the Week. Um, It just so happens that also Brian Robinson was a National Player of the Week, along with Jarquez Jones from Kentucky. Those guys played at Hillcrest, Tuscaloosa. That's that's amazing. Two guys from one high school, which isn't even a super prominent school in the sense that Hillcrest isn't exactly winning state championships year after year after year and producing multitudes of SEC football players like a Thompson or a Hewitt Trustful. Uh, incredible that one uh, high school in Tuscaloosa can produce uh, two national players of the week. That is nuts. Yeah, it really is a phenomenal thing and and Hillcrest Tuscaloosa should be very proud of that. They should be tweeting the dead gum heck out of it. Okay. I'm going to do this segment and we're going to talk about good things. And then the next segment, we'll talk about some things that we need to work on. I won't call them bad things. I'll say things that we need to work on. Uh, So the good things, how about Tim Smith with that big stop? Um, I was glad to see him. I, I think he's starting to really come into his own and, um, I, th- I think Tim Smith can be a force for the rest of this year. Granted, it was really only that one play that stood out to me in terms of what he did in this game, but that was enough. That, w- that was a, a momentum-shifting, mood-changing, game-altering moment. Yeah, if you boiled the whole game down to just a single play to describe the game, that was it. The story was Alabama's defense slowing down, nearly shutting down the Ole Miss offense. That's the story of the game. Another story was Lane Kiffin going for it on fourth down five times, three times not making it, all the times not making it sort of early in the game when the game was decided. That was one of what I would call one of the game-deciding plays that Tim Smith made. And let's remember this. We're, you know, we, we sign all these five stars, and then we expect too much too early. Most linemen that sign with SEC schools need to redshirt. Tim probably needed to redshirt a year ago because he's a human being. <laughs> he's not some sort of cyborg freak. He's a human. He needed a redshirt. He didn't because he's just so talented. We played him a few snaps. And uh, so really this should be Tim Smith's first year playing college football in, in games. And uh, so in that sense, if you think about it that way, Tim's ahead of the curve, not behind it. And uh, he's going to be a heck of a player. 
Yeah, like, again, really like his trajectory here. Secondly, Drew Sanders. Let me tell you something. We thought Chris Allen's injury was going to be a big deal. And it, it is in terms of depth. I'm not trying to discount Chris Allen. I'm a huge Chris Allen fan. Man, Drew Sanders has stepped it up about as much as anybody can step it up, if you ask me. He, he's been all over the place. Um, he's made some fantastic plays. His ability to read screens is phenomenal. Um, he's a lot faster than you think. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm so happy he's getting his opportunity and making the most of it. I'm not even surprised. Uh, now, Chris Allen was a better player just because of experience and age. Chris Allen was the starter. Alabama does miss him, uh, no doubt. But like you said, uh, Luke, it's really more of a depth thing because Drew Sanders is a high-quality starter in the SEC, even in year two of his career. He's a high-quality starter. He's destined to be an all-star player. He's destined to win awards and honors. And then he's going to play in the National Football League. He is, he is a check-every-box guy. Uh, and he's only going to get better and better and better. Uh, if anything, I'm almost surprised he's not even better rushing the passer. Uh, he's so good at everything else asked of an outside linebacker, though, that that, that more than makes up for it. Uh, he's a fantastic player. While Alabama misses Chris Allen, uh, Alabama has the best duo of outside linebackers in the SEC. An amazing statement to make considering <laughs> – they lost an NFL-ready outside linebacker for the season and still have the best outside linebacker duo in the SEC with apologies to Georgia, who, who, who probably can rival our outside linebacker duo. They can rival it because uh, Georgia has one of the best front sevens in, uh, in league history. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt. And meanwhile, speaking of the other side of that, Will Anderson leads the NCAA in tackles for a loss now. Um, that's pretty awesome. I don't know what else to say. That guy's doing he's playing through injuries. Again. And he's, and he's playing yeah. through multiple injuries. He's not even healthy. That's just mind. You know, the whole thing is mind boggling. You know, if, if seriously, it, he should win the Heisman. He's the best player in the country. I don't think, I just hadn't seen a better one. I just hadn't. Um, I'm biased. He's the best player in our team. Bryce may win. And really, number one team in the country. Yeah, Will Anderson's the best player in our team. That That's. That's a fact. I would even rate Bryce below number two. I, I think the second best player on the team is probably Evan Neal. But, but, but Bryce, and I'm not saying Bryce didn't deserve the Heisman. Of all the guys the media anoints candidates, Bryce is probably the best so far. But uh, he's not the best player on Alabama's football team. That's Will Anderson. Uh, two other real quick things. Uh, season low on penalties. That's pretty awesome. Uh, we've got to get the better right there direction. still. I mean, it, it wasn't perfect, but it was a season low. And uh, shout out to my boy, Fedarian. Don't call me Phil Mathis. Uh, he also had another big game. And, and, you know, this guy's really coming around. That's a great uh, – I think Will Anderson and Mathis really complement each other very, very well. Um, okay, Jimmy, let me tell everybody about Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com. Look, this site is so much fun. You can also go to their award-winning app. It's fantastic. But Prize Picks is where you want to go. If you like want to play – in a game within a game, you can take the over under on like yards Bryce Young is going to throw for and yards Brian Robinson is going to run for. And and you can even do it up to like two to five players. OK, and you, you it's a great way to make money. You can make a lot of money on your um, 
on your bet, depending on which way you want to go with this, how many players you pick. And it's all up to you. It's, it's look, here's the line. You do what you want to do with it. And you go, you can go to their app, set it up in 60 seconds. So easy. Use promo code locked on. You'll get a hundred percent bonus up to $100. That's free money. Jimmy and I are always giving you free money because we're nice like that. Go to prizepicks.com or go check out their award-winning app. You will love it. Also want to tell you about rock auto, all the parts your car will ever need rock auto. Man, my car could use some parts right now. I need to get back on Rock Auto myself and go check them out because Rock Auto has got all the parts my car will ever need at the best prices. That is the crucial part. It's the same parts that you get from the big box store. It's just cheaper. I mean, and, and I guess I should say less expensive, but I mean, you know what I mean. You know what I mean? I'm not classing this thing down. Um, Rock Auto is the best. Family owned and operated website, super easy to navigate. That's always crucial when you're dealing with something like this. I'm not a car guy. But if I wanted, if, if my buddy who's a car guy said, look, you need to order this, then I can go to Rock Auto and I can find it cheaper and I can find it quicker. And it's to me ASAP. And I don't have to hear about, uh, you know, let me go check out the inventory and uh, I got five other people ahead of you and blah, blah, blah. They can send it to me ASAP. Then I can get my buddy who's a mechanic to fix whatever I got to fix. And I always got to fix stuff. RockAuto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. You'll love it. That's a new jingle that I just made up. Again, I want to thank everybody for making Locked On Bama the first place they listen to when it comes to Alabama podcast in the morning. Thank you guys so much. Jimmy and I are going to get a YouTube channel, I swear to you. I swear to you. Um, we just don't know when. We've got uh, technological – ooh, I get, and we got <laughs> lingual issues too. Technological problems um, that we can't it's overcome, coming. mostly our brains. But um, <laughs> all right, Jimmy, let's talk about – Let's talk about a couple of the things that uh, were bothersome from this past weekend. And a lot of these are things that people have brought up, uh, but I I hadn't heard great answers. Uh, The missed tackles. While the defense is getting a ton of credit, while Will Anderson was SEC Defensive Player of the Week, um, while Federian Mathis had a good game, while uh, Jalen Armour Davis, I thought, played pretty doggone well. He had a pass interference, but, I mean, I can live with that. You're going to get one against Ole Miss. Um, there's and Henry Toa Toa probably played his best game. Um, Drew Sanders, we talked about him, Tim Smith, but man, the missed tackles were crazy, and they were from people uh, like Harris. I mean, what in the world? I mean, Harris had a dude bottled up and and uh, for a loss, and the guy just broke free. I mean, mm-hmm. multiple times we missed tackles. Um, is it what do you do about that at this point in the season? Well, it's something you can work on. It's something that can improve. It's something that can be an emphasis. And, and we've had some issues in the past, and then, then we rectify it with the drills and just making it a point of emphasis. But in terms of, like, a theory, like if somebody wants, like, Jimmy, why do you think we miss? Why, why are there so many missed tackles? My first theory would be this. A lot of times when you're missing a tackle, it's because you're out of position. You're not in the proper fundamental tackling position. You're reaching. You're trying to tackle SEC athletes with your arms because you're not in proper position. And a lot of times you're not in proper position just simply because your feet haven't carried you to the right spot. If you think about it, now I'm talking about elite NFL athletes. I'm not talking about college athletes. I'm not elite NFL athletes. When you compare our primary tacklers to elite NFL prospects, we're not that fast a football team. That'll really shock people because for a decade – 
we've been the most dominant defensive program in the country. We're not really that anymore. We're very, very good, but we're not number one. Maybe those guys in Athens are, but we're not. But if you look at like inside linebacker, for instance, where you get a lot of tackles, while Christian Harris and Henry Toho Oto are very good players, and they're going to be guys that will be drafted into the NFL, and they're, they're guys that won't run what I would call bad times at Indianapolis, neither Christian Harris nor Henry will run, let's say, a 4-5 or a 4-6. So that, that would be an elite time for an inside linebacker, but they're, they're not that fast. They're just what I would call average speed, average speed for guys who will play in the NFL at those spots. Even worse, I would tell you that Jordan Battle and DeMarco Hellams are substandard speed for the position. When they go to Indianapolis and run the 40, I bet they're, they're closer to the bottom than the top. Not of all safeties in college football, but of the pro prospects, they'll be near the bottom in terms of speed. Even Jalen Armour Davis, who's been a fantastic story for us and a really good cornerback, he's going to rank closer to the bottom than the top among the NFL prospects at corner. I, one more name I'll throw in, Malachi Moore, who plays a ton of snaps, also not a 4-4 guy, not the fastest guy out there. So I would say for Nick Saban defense, this would probably be one of the slower groups, and maybe we're a half step short of being where we need to be, and that's why we tackle with arms and not our bodies. And, uh, and, and that's my, my number one theory as to why this hasn't been a great tackling team so far. The other thing that was a bit of an issue were the high snaps. I mean, man, yes. there must have been 15 of them. And yep. the problem with a high snap with Bryce Young is, you know, Bryce Young has to look up to Nick Saban. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. th- that's an issue. I mean, if you're high snapping to Big Ben Roethlisberger, okay. That, there's no such thing. The problem there is a low snap. Um, but we got to get that fixed. I mean, because it not only does it uh, lead itself to perhaps snapping it over our guy's head and, and causing a turnover or a lot of lost yards, it disrupts the timing of the entire play. Yeah, especially those RPO slants. I mean, we have some quick hitting RPO type plays that need the ball in Bryce's hand cleanly. And I'll remind people that Chris Owens wasn't necessarily benched in fall camp because he wasn't getting the job done as a blocker. He was benched in fall camp because he was having trouble making that snap. He played in at least one scrimmage, and I believe both of them, where the snaps were even considerably worse than what uh, Dalcourt was doing this past Saturday. So it's kind of like been bad snap the sequel because both Chris Owens and Dalcourt snapping issues sort of came out of nowhere. So I don't know. I would just compare it to a putter in golf who's a pretty good putter and pretty consistent and then all of a sudden he wakes up Saturday and all those three-foot putts that he's made forever now all of a sudden you're missing those three-foot putts it's hard to get it back after you miss on it so uh, I think Dalcourt has a crucial week of practice here if he, if he does that again in a game they might would even have to consider going back to Chris a uh, couple more quick things first of all i, I... I guess this is negative. We missed on the one deep ball we threw. We didn't throw many of them. I think we only threw the one to Jameson Williams, and he was wide open, and Bryce just overthrew him, which is sort of unlike Bryce. Um, there was also a play where uh, – trying to think if it was a screen or, or maybe a bounce out by Brian Robinson. I can't remember. Uh, where Emil Echior was like a pulling guard, and he got absolutely blown the hell up. 
I don't know who did it, but I saw it on the unofficial uh, Alabama coaches show. And they were like, oh, my God. And they pointed it out. It was crazy. Cole Kubelik even tweeted about it. Uh, that was uh, wow. And the other negative thing, of course, Jason McClellan, it has been announced he is out for the year now. So uh, we're going to have to be finding somebody that's willing to play running back because Saban also said today that Kamara Wheaton hasn't practiced um, and he had a meniscus injury. He's week to week and he's not cleared medically. So, I mean, I know we're all thinking, okay, maybe Kamara Wheaton, yada, yada, yada. If he hadn't practiced yet, it's going to be, we're about midway through the season. Um, So I, I don't think, that's going to be a thing. Um, and now Jason McClellan's out. Uh, Roydell Williams hadn't gotten a ton of carries. Uh, we, Trey Sanders obviously isn't 100%. Again, I'm going to go back to, man, it could be a Slade Bolden thing. And somebody else on uh, Crimson Country Club bought up, hey, what about Christian Story? That's certainly an idea. Yeah. But Story seems way too tall to me. And he's been playing safety. I mean, <laughs> it's not like, oh, let me just go back and play running back. He played quarterback at Lynette. And he was a good running quarterback. But there's a big difference. So, um, yeah, we got a bit of an issue right now. We need some. Uh, we don't need anybody else getting hurt. I can tell you that. We really do. And to me, it's the most fascinating thing to discuss this week. And this is one of the reasons I love message boards so much, and I love the podcast so much because it gets a discussion going with the fans, the ones who really know the program. Because look, if, if you're posting on message boards and you're listening to our podcast, you already know the team really well. I mean, only only real big fans of the football team and the football program listen to our show. Uh, this this show would not be interesting to people who's like, tell me again about this Will Anderson guy. Who's he? I mean, that, that that's that's not going to interest. <laughs> our show's not interesting to people like that. Uh, we, we know the team really well, okay? So what's going on, what probably happens Sunday, and to, to an extent maybe today, staff meets every day, every morning. There's a big, big old staff meeting. And they're all in there, and Nick runs it, of course, and, and everybody's encouraged to throw in their, their two cents. And I, I can guarantee you guys, I guarantee you, one of the things that was discussed was do we need to move a guy to running back? That is not saying that Nick showed up in the staff meeting and said, which guy are we move, moving to running back, and we're doing it today. I, I, I don't know that that happened. It may have happened, but I don't know. But what I do know, just because of logical They've discussed it as a staff, and that's why it's fun for us to discuss it because it's fun for us to second guess and say, hey, you know, when it's our turn at the, at the table and Nick points to us and says, what do you think? Uh, you know, we get to share our opinion, at least in, in cyberspace, and uh, I think it's a fun thing to discuss. Now, is it going to happen? I don't know. I'll tell you my two, and one is more controversial than the other, uh, but if we have to move a guy to running back, and he's going to play running back at least part of the time. Uh, I would move Slade Bolton. Uh, I think that's the number one pick, and it's for a couple of reasons. Number one, he played quarterback in high school. There's a guy who spent considerable time in the backfield. He also has a wildcat package that he runs at quarterback. So this is a guy who's seen some snaps from the center, who's been in the backfield for a lot of his offensive plays. In fact, from the slot, Slade often goes in motion. I kind of like having a guy that's used to being behind the quarterback, that's used to being behind the offensive line, and Slade has seen it a lot. He's also pretty tough, and while running outside the tackle will definitely be his specialty, this is a tough kid. I think when you tell Slade to run between the tackle and follow the pulling guard, he's going to do it. He's not going to say, gee, I don't know, there's some big dudes up in there. 
he's going to do it. So he would also literally, much like Jace McClellan, who we just lost, Luke, he would be a weapon catching the ball out of the backfield. When you send Slade out into the flat and a linebacker runs out there to tackle him, good luck, linebacker. Slade may have his problems getting through defensive back tackles because a lot of those guys are just flat-out better athletes than he is. There aren't linebackers who are. So I would move Slade. My number two pick is super controversial. But if I was thinking to myself, hey, we're not looking for a guy to play running back in garbage time. We don't need that. We have walk-ons. There's two or three of them, actually. And I can't sit here and name them to you, but I, I do know from practice, there's two or three guys that play running back every day, and they're probably okay players, or they wouldn't have been invited to or made the team to walk on at Alabama. But we don't need a garbage time guy because we can do that with the walk-ons. No one cares about who's running the ball in the fourth quarter and we're up by five touchdowns. What we're looking for, Luke, is holy crap, we need to make a play from the running back position against LSU or Auburn. We don't want a running, we don't want to walk on to do that. So I'm asking myself, okay, do we have a difference maker that's not playing running back that could play running back and be great? I would tell you we probably do, and his name's Jalen Milrow. Now, it's controversial to do that and very difficult, and I think Bill O'Brien may stand on the table and kick someone in the face that says put Milrow at running back because Jalen Milrow is probably the future at Alabama at the quarterback position, and he could get seriously hurt playing running back. But I'm talking, Luke, about beating LSU or Auburn. It's too important to beat LSU and Auburn than to do it with our second and third best dudes. So for that reason alone, I would say, you know what? Milrow might be a dude that chained the ball to 15 times and he rushed for 145 yards. He's Anthony Richardson from running back. You don't think Anthony Richardson at Florida would be a good running back? He might not be an ideal running back because he's six foot four, but Anthony Richardson would be a hell of an SEC back. I'm telling you, Milrow would be a high-quality SEC back. He's 6'1", he's 215, and he runs a 4'4". And he can squat 600 pounds. Yeah, he'd be a damn good running back. So I think it's worth the conversation. But Slade would be my obvious choice. Milrow, the controversial choice. But, but that, that's what would happen if we're going around the table and Saban points at me and says, hey, you, the short, fat, drunk idiot, what would you do? I think he does that in most meetings to somebody. Um, anyway, Jimmy, let me, let me tell everybody about Sweat Block. It's doctor-created, doctor-recommended, works for up to seven days per use. There's a dry shirt guarantee. If Sweat Block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by firefighters. They don't, nobody sweats more than those dudes. Bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years, over 13,000 reviews, all of them positive. Currently number one on Amazon and Amazon for antiperspirant category, and it's manufactured in the USA. This is a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag. Whether it's a big presentation or a hot date, everyone can benefit from this. It's your little secret to confidence. 
sweatblock.com. Now, look, you want to go to sweatblock.com because you can use promo code locked on and get 20% off your order. If you want to buy it at Amazon and CVS, you can certainly do that. You don't get to use the promo code, but if you go to sweatblock.com, you'll get and use promo code locked on. You will get 20% off that order. You will love this sweatblock.com promo code locked on. Then there's betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the gambling site for you. You will absolutely love this site. Look, go check them out. Use promo code locked on. Get a 100% welcome bonus. That's free money again. We just keep giving you money here on the podcast. Betonline.ag, so much fun. You can bet on whatever you want to. Bet on college football, college football futures, Heisman Trophy, NFL, Major League Baseball playoffs. Um, you can bet on NBA futures. You can bet on reality TV. Yep, if you want to bet on reality TV, like you want to bet on what uh, Skank the Bachelor will pick, <laughs> go for it. I mean, you can do it on um, betonline.ag. You can also play poker. You can play roulette. Whatever you want to do, betonline.ag is the site for you. I've been there several times myself. I love it. It's a lot of fun. Easy to pay in, even easier to get paid. Betonline.ag. Go check them out. All right, Jimmy, uh, we ran a little long, uh, so I think next time I'll save this. I was going to say, uh, who are your four college football playoff teams right now? But we'll talk about that next podcast. Instead, I will say a couple of things here. Um, Number one, Alabama-Mississippi State will be at 6 o'clock on ESPN. That has been announced. Um, You know, fine with that, Uh, except for the Cowbells. Have you ever been to a Mississippi State game? I have, yes. Yeah, it's it's – it's annoying. It's a thing. It's, it's, it's annoying, and it, it, but you know what? I love it. I love it. I'm one of the few visiting fans or, or the vis, uh, opponents that say, I love it. And this is why, because college football is so unique. It's another unique thing. It's like, oh, Mississippi State, that's a cowbell game. You don't get that in the NFL. And I love the NFL. Well, let's be honest. The NFL, you play the same team every week. When you go on the road, you're playing in front of the same crowd every week. I mean, it, it's so generic in terms of opponent in terms of stadium, but man, in college football, one week you're playing a spread team, the next week you're playing a wishbone team, the next week you're playing a team that runs the power with two tight ends, and the next week you're playing in a road game where all the fans have cowbells. I, I, I love it for that reason. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm down with it. And I've been there several times. I don't really mind it. They are just annoying. Um, I've never been there for a loss, though. So, I mean, they hadn't been that annoying, Jimmy. Um, the other thing, and look, we can't spend a lot of time on this because we're running out of time, but man, the whole Urban Meyer thing, this is not a, uh, anything to do with Alabama, but I'm sure you saw the video of Urban Meyer getting yeah. grinded upon by some, um, lady of the night and uh, at a bar <laughs> and Urban came out today and gave the most awkward apology I've ever seen in my life. And I've done some awkward apologies in my own right. Urban Meyer it, Boy, short of actually committing crimes, he's one of the worst people that's a celebrity. He's just a, he's just a bad dude. He, you know, he keeps murderers on his team. Um, he quits at the first sign of trouble uh, everywhere he's been. And he's constantly BSing. And now after dinner with his grandkids, no less, he, go, he goes to a bar and just starts grinding upon this woman or she's grinding upon him and he does nothing to stop it. And he's drunk as a billy goat. And then he, you know, the video services, he's like, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Um, 
Yeah, and he's like not even looking at the camera. He's like fidgeting and bouncing around. They were like, what's your family think? Oh, yeah, they're not happy. Um, yeah, no shit, they're not happy. Um, you know, I just can't imagine anybody wanting to play for this guy. Yeah, uh, I'm not defending Urban in any way. Uh, he can defend himself as crappily as he did today. Uh, but, you know, all the, all the great, all the greats, and let's be honest, Urban's great. We judge coaches by wins and losses. That's, that's why they're given raises and extensions and great jobs, or they lose so they're fired and forgotten. So if we're judging coaches on wins and losses, then Urban Meyer is one of the great college head coaches, great college head coaches of all time. And, you know, the greats, they're weird. And I don't say that in a, in a way. I, I would tell you that Albert Einstein, who, who might be the smartest man who ever lived, and is probably smarter than we even know yet as all of his theories are proving correct decades after his death. Uh, Einstein was weird. You know, uh, I, I would guess Thomas Jefferson was, was really weird. All, all, all these greats are, are just, they're not normal people. And uh, Urban's weird. He, he's just weird. And uh, I'll use that word, some of the words you use, not to say that any words you use is incorrect because it's really not. But uh, I'm going to say he's, He's a weird guy. I, I'm glad that during the Urban Meyer time in college football, we had Nick Saban because the first time any Alabama fan said, Urban will win, we need to hire him. I would just, I would, I would be very upset. I would be mad. I would be hashtag mad online just at the suggestion of it. We, I, don't, I don't want any, anybody like that running our football program. <clears throat> Yeah, he's just he's just not and, – and, look, there will be some people that defend him because, well, he owned it. He got up there and apologized. He didn't really. And also, I'm, I'm tired of everybody getting credit for when they get caught, they apologized. <laughs> yeah, of course, it, what's he going to say? What do you mean? I mean, we have the video, dude. What are you going to do? I'm, I'm owning it. What? Not really. Isn't it funny I how mean, this happens when you're losing? Isn't it funny how this happens when you're losing? That was my thought. I'm like – I bet this is not the first time some girl has 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 done that, you know, in a in a bar. I, I bet. What I'm saying is, it's probably not a terribly unusual circumstance that something like that would happen. Um, you know, it, it's probably not unusual, you know, uh, but yet it's going to surface when you're 0 and 4, right? That surfaces when you're 0 and 4, right? It, it's nothing that comes up. Uh, like for instance, uh, Kirk Ferentz this week. He's he's undefeated, right? Um, Kirk Ferentz is undefeated, and there won't be a video uh, of him surfacing this week. You know what I'm saying? That only happens when you're losing. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, all right, buddy, that's going to do it for this podcast. We will be back tomorrow with another. And so, uh, you know, stay with us. We appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. And until then, roll tide. Roll tide.